I'll see what the test is. What's happening? Oh, they're just different Dolby intro tests. Okay, so there's a lot of different sound tests. Those are fun. I feel like our sound is suitably tested. I think so, too. Welcome to Super Duperstitious, the paranormal podcast with a sciencey take on the supernatural and strange. Hey, that went pretty well. I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. What and was that crunchy uh, sound? That crunchy sound? I don't know. <laughs> Something was bound to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Just biting a wire. <laughs> um, and uh, we're here to talk to you about some fun stuff yeah, again this we are, week. We are back at it. I believe this week's theme, if you guys, well, yeah, hmm. Damn, I was doing so well, and then I started thinking. <laughs> that was that was your first, <laughs> My mistake. first mistake. Yeah, this week's theme I think is kind of a potpourri. You know, we try and have a specific overarching theme for each week that kind of links the stories together. We don't have to do that. It's just it's, it's just, just the uh, goodness of our hearts. Yeah, that's for you. It's for you. So you, you guys got to work. Grateful. Anyway. So this week we have less of a theme. Please it's give just, us five star reviews. Yes. Uh, speaking of grateful people, oh. um, we have something. We got something in the mail, Mr. Shell. Oh, snap. I am all ears. Yes. As you may recall, a few weeks back, we did an episode about vampire scares in New England, uh, as well as we did just some general medical phenomenon based uh, events in early New right. England history that were um, treated more as supernatural events and were in fact more just problems, <laughs> health problems people Super were having. Supernatural yeah. events. So that was suggested to us by Amanda, who um, is cool. Yes, and indeed. <laughs> so friend Thank of you the again, show, Amanda. Friend of the show, Amanda. Friend, friend of the show. Who uh, sent us this card. What? Oh, dude, I think I'm all updated now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That is good news. That so, was the card has arrived to sound effect. Yes. So let me read it to you. Dear Jake and Wyatt, your podcast on the New England vampire hysteria was amazeballs. I thoroughly enjoyed listening and found myself laughing out loud to tuberculosis. <laughs> Apparently they used to collapse an infected lung in order to rest it. They got the idea from a 17th century physician who noticed improvement in tuberculosis symptoms in patients who were stabbed in the chest with swords. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, my God. She says, I kind of want to know what their standard for improvement was. You probably can't <laughs> cough as much when your lung is deflated, I reckon. <laughs> Let's address the pedophiliac clown in the room. This fucking card. Um... Oh my god, this card is great. So we have, uh, or do you describe it in the letter? Yeah, go for it, yeah, go for it. We have here, I guess we could put the image up online too, we will, yeah. but we have a um, very artfully done clown with sort of a light beard. He only has a little bit of makeup on. <laughs> he is standing behind a boy. He's got kind of like a 70s haircut. and the uh, He's put his hand on the boy's shoulder. The boy's craning his neck back and smiling up at him, and the cr clown is smiling down. Should I uh, do a little... Yeah, I'll take a picture of that there. You two together. Deeply unsettling card. Very much so. It's great, though. Um, let's see. Let's address the pedophiliac clown in the room. This fucking card. <laughs> I found it in my box of stationery and thought, what in the fog is this? Who would send this? What purpose is this card meant for? Oh, she found the purpose. Obviously, it was meant to be sent to two guys who like discussing creepy stuff. It's true. And this card is creepy as fuck. Maybe it will inspire you two to do a podcast on clowns. <laughs> Seriously, this card is so fucking weird. Enclosed is a book about whoopie pies. 
apparently people in Maine really enjoy them. Now, first of all, she knows for a fact that I do very much enjoy them. Whoopee. Second of all, I did bring the book, but it, I left it in my car. Like, there's one more thing to carry, and Wyatt, Wyatt doesn't like dessert foods anyway. I don't like sweets. He doesn't deserve to get to look at the book. No, I'm sweet enough. You can see, yeah, there you go. But you can you can see the book next week when we record in mm, my apartment. Can't wait to see that book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I found it at the Dollar Tree next to a book entitled Evening Bags and Executions. <laughs> Obviously, the Dollar Tree carries some literary masterpieces. <laughs> Your podcast brings an hour of auditory joy while I dabble in otherwise mundane activities. Just know you make folding laundry more exhilarating. Ooh. Sincerely, Amanda. Thank you so, so, much, thank Amanda. You so much, Amanda. Thank you Thank you twice. Damn. Yeah. I am so excited to make these fucking whoopie pies all the damn time. It's very dangerous. Hell yeah. <laughs> so many recipes that look so good. I wish in the table of contents it was just entry after entry that just was whoopie pie. Whoopie <laughs> pie. <laughs> whoopie pie. <laughs> and then randomly just like, you know, almond delight. <laughs> whoopie pie. <laughs> oh, God. What's on that page? They're like, just kidding. It's another whoopie pie recipe. It's a pile of almonds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By now you'll want some almonds. Thank you. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Holy crap. So now I'm thinking if I had more time I would try and bake a different recipe of whipped pies each week when we record, but Oh shit. It would also be probably a bad idea for our health. We already drink like We already drink like a hundred beers. Yeah. yeah. This yeah, our recording session is like half of my weekly alcohol <laughs> i pretty i think i drink all of the alcohol i drink in a week i drink on mondays when we record <laughs> i believe it <laughs> yeah it's close to it for me most most weeks yes but anyway that's Whew, yeah that's awesome. awesome and um if you want to send us stuff if we ever have a p.o box and anyone else ever wanted to send us something i guess they could but otherwise if you just want to send us your stories yeah, you can send them at do. contact at superduperstitious.com indeed whether it be an account of something that happened to you or just some kind of topic suggestion you want to pitch to us whatever the case may be yes feel free to do so please please do indeed and uh yeah in the meantime um we're just glad you guys are enjoying the show thank you so much yeah with that now covered or that indeed. now tucked away safely on top of the mixer where it can't hurt us scary clown i can still see it from here <laughs> yeah i guess i can't see it Let's its just, eyes are looking at me more let me go like this there we go that's facing downward he didn't like it the no. clown didn't like it <laughs> um would you like to kick us off there mr shell yes i would um today i have for us even more et shit hey <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> This oh, oh god <laughs> that was me or mo- both of us I don't know yep. we're having some serious chord problems today technical difficult as they say on the uh, internet um yeah this was going to be one of my additional spring Hill Jack stories okay but as I actually read past the first couple sentences <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh no it's it's its own thing <laughs> but it's a cool one and it's one i wouldn't have um you know sought out if it weren't for that sort of uh trace of mine so i'm going to read it today Alrighty. so uh this is from cryptopia mm. and uh, i have lightly edited and reordered this article because shit was a bit lilac <laughs> for my taste when it was fresh out of the pipes there's still probably going to be some sections that are a little bit too uh saucy but mm-hmm. you know Who fucking cares? (laughs) So, I shall begin. On the evening of Thursday, October 11th, 1973. I was going to say it's the day after my birthday, but I wasn't born yet. Indeed. No, you were still a little twinkle in your father's eye. (laughs) Or your mom's, for that matter. 
if we're going to take this from an unnecessarily scientific perspective, uh, the sperm had not yet been made, but the egg was already there. Yes, indeed. Women are born, or all indeed. Yeah, with all the eggs they're ever going to have already fully formed in their bodies. It was just in the chamber. Sperm <laughs> was still many millions of series of what meiosis away. Yeah. Anyway. 42-year-old Charles Hickson and 19-year-old Calvin Parker, both co-workers at the Walker Shipyard and natives of Gautier, Mississippi, or Gautier, I don't know how Americans... Gautier, maybe? Gautier. Oh, does it have an H or no? Nope, no H. Gautier. Um, Hey, Goat could be Gautier. Who cares? All our Gautier listeners are going to be like, I fucking care. (laughs) Um... They were fishing near a grain elevator on the shores of the Pascagoula River. Not having much luck, Hickson suggested that they relocate to the piers of the dis- dilapidated old Showpeter shipyard, where he had recently had some luck. The duo settled down on a rundown pier and fully expected to have a night of good conversation and fishing ahead of them. Do you know what they could not have imagined, though, Jake? What was about to happen next? That they were about to have an extraordinary and life-changing encounter, of course. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, An encounter that just so happens to be regarded by many ufology researchers as one of the seminal abduction events in the history of that field. And it happens to be one of the most exhaustively researched, not to mention, as this site would say, flat-out bizarre. Hmm. At approximately 9 p.m., the men spotted a bluish, oblong orb pulsating in the sky at what Mm. Hickson (laughs) figured was maybe two to three miles away. At first, the men were merely intrigued by this unusual light, but as the glowing egg-shaped object drew nearer, uh, eventually hovering just a few feet above the bayou around a hundred feet away, they got scared. (laughs) Not until then, however. Not until then. Uh, The pair could hear a soft buzzing noise emanating from the object. Just kidding. Uh, incidentally, Ollie Kids finally uploaded some new videos. Oh, shit. And, um, Plural, you say. Indeed. They, the devil, you say. The devil, you say. It had been four months, and I am confused as to why it took that long after kind of continuously uploading stuff. But a month ago, they uploaded sheep sounds. Oh, no. Followed by just two days ago, owl sounds, which... I'd like to go through just the most recent ones because would, they're weird. I would like to hear We'll them. start with the reasonable owl sounds, which I've not heard yet. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my God. I was drowned out by the ominous music. It's, yeah, exactly. It sounds like an unused um, soundtrack from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Well, that's that one. They also have ant sounds. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So you'd hear if they're crawling so into your brain. Oh, <laughs> with the most frightening music. Ant sounds for babies. Ant sounds for kids. And then at last, the one I cannot wait to hear, butterfly sounds. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> They're killing me! Butterflies, as you may recall from ever having seen or heard of them in nature, are definitely loud. 
just has a parabolic mic strapped to a <laughs> strapped to the butterfly. <laughs> Again with the weird fucking soundtrack too. Ollie yeah. Kids, what an interesting, interesting YouTube channel. Oh, he has a lot in this description as well. This video is about butterfly sounds. Butterfly sounds for babies. Butterfly sounds for kids. Farm sounds for kids. Farm sounds for babies. Anyway, that's what's happening with Ollie Kids these days. There's your update. Back to the story. <laughs> Hickson de described the scene in a later interview conducted by then Jackson County Sheriff Fred Diamond. Quote, it was about eight feet tall. It wasn't round. It was oblong, sort of oblong. And the opening it had was at one end of it. The only lights I seen on the outside was that blue light. You're surprised when you look at in the sky and you see a blue light. It really calls your attention to it. Then, in just a little while, it come right down over the bayou. You know, about two, three feet above the ground. It might have been 35, 40 yards. You see something like that, it scares you to death. And I couldn't believe it. There was a little buzzing sound. Mm, just like that. That's all. <laughs> How is that spelled? All right. Um, wasn't any backblast or anything. It didn't hit the ground. It hovered. And you think you're dreaming about something like that, you know? Unquote. As the men stood watching, a hatch opened at the end of the oval craft, and three of the strangest beings ever chronicled in the annals of cryptozoology or ufology, easy now, <laughs> began to glide just above the water straight toward the two men. Hickson described the encounter. I jumped to my feet, looked over at Calvin, and he looked plumb strange. Then a door opened and this brilliant light came out of it. I couldn't figure what in the world was happening. And all of a sudden, right in the end of it, this opening was laid up there and three of them just floated out of the thing. They wasn't on no ground. They were about five feet tall, had bullet-shaped heads without necks. Slits for mouths where their noses or ears would be, they had thin, conical objects sticking out. Like carrots from a snowman's head. A snowman, you say? A snowman. You don't know a thing about snowmen living in Mississippi. <laughs> they had no eyes, gray, wrinkled skin, round feet, and claw-like hands. They didn't have no toes, but they had feet shape. It was more or less just a round-like thing on a leg, if you'd call it a leg. Oh, and they had the penis. <laughs> that may be... <laughs> Not part of the original okay. quote. <laughs> All right. I only say it because we've had so many eyewitnesses who are so fixated on whether or not the things they see have have uh, parts. That may have prompted the addition. Which makes sense. I just The addition was so easy to believe. <laughs> <laughs> I did try to uh, blend it with his certain <laughs> language. Um, anyhow. I was scared to death. And me with a spinning reel out there, it's all I had. I couldn't. Well, I was so scared. Well, you can't imagine. Calvin Dunn went hysterical on me. The three entities hovered around the fishermen, their upper limbs moving in a jerky, almost mechanical fashion. One of the creatures attempted to communicate with Hickson, utilizing a series of unintelligible buzzing noises, which Hickson took to be a fruitless attempt to put him at ease. <laughs> the two other beings remained silent as they floated behind Hickson, and effortlessly lifted him off the pier with seemingly robotic, lobster-like pinchers. The third creature grabbed hold of Parker, who, apparently overwhelmed by the whole ordeal, had passed out cold. Hickson described the event. They just glided up there to me. Then one of them made a little buzzing noise, and two of them never made no noise. 
It might have been contacting the others. See, I don't know. By then I was so damn scared I don't I didn't know anything. And two of them just floated around behind me and lifted me off the ground. By my arms. With their pincher things. They must have done something. I just raised off the ground. They didn't use no force. They didn't hurt me. I didn't feel nothing. Parker, on the other hand, had an altogether more ominous perspective on what he'd endured as he was taken onto the craft. They were giant goddamn lobster claws picking me up. Oh my god. You're actually kind of right. Okay, um, I mean, I'm just thinking of the, the more logical <laughs> response to what's yeah. happening would be, Oh my god, oh Holy my god. Fuck. Oh my- <laughs> Not so far off. My damn arms, my arms, I remember they just froze up and I couldn't move, just like I stepped on a damn rattlesnake. Not exactly the most relatable simile, but, you know. I will take it from someone from the South who knows more about rattlesnakes than I, that sure, if you He's step like, on you one- You know when you step on a rattlesnake- And you just stop moving? And you just stop moving? <laughs> I passed out. I expect I never passed out in my whole life. The three creatures seemed to defy gravity as they carried the men back into the craft, taking the now unconscious Parker with them. Quote, One took hold of Calvin, and I saw him go limp. He told me later that he fainted. They took us through that doorway in the middle of a room, and I couldn't see Calvin anymore. There was nothing in there, just a real bright glow. I couldn't move anything but my eyes. And they glided me into that thing. You know, how you just guide somebody? All of us moved like we were floating through the air. They let go of me. I still wasn't touching nothing, just kind of floating. All I could think was, what are they going to do with us? And where is the bathroom on this thing? (laughs) Just kidding. Ah. I figured they'd take us off and we'd never see our families again. While hovering in midair, Hickson stated that a big, football-shaped mechanical eye, approximately seven inches in diameter, scanned his body. Quote, Some kind of instrument, I don't know what it was. I didn't see anything that I could call an instrument that I've ever seen before. It wasn't like no x-ray machine. There ain't no way to describe it. It looked like an eye. Like a big eye. It had some kind of an attachment to it. It moved right in front of my face. I saw dials and gadgets moving around. It went behind me, then came back over me. It went all over my body. If you know what I mean. No. Up and down. Mm. Then it disappeared back into the wall. I was just about out of my mind. With pleasure. I thought they were going to kill me. Folks would think we fell off in the river and drowned. And nobody would ever know about this experience. Mm. Uh, Hickson speculated that during the time the beings left him alone, they were examining Parker who could not later recall what had happened to him while he was inside the ship. Though, years later, he would begin to recall some hazy details hmm. uh, during post-hypnotic regression sessions. A regress sesh? A little regress sesh, exactly. Uh, both men felt that about 20 minutes had elapsed before their abductors carried them back to the riverbank. So, for the next 45 minutes, the two men sat in Hickson's parked car trying to calm themselves and make some sort of sense out of what they'd just been through. Quote, the only thing I remember is that kid, Calvin, just standing there. I've never seen that sort of fear on a man's face as I saw on Calvin's. It took me a while to get him back to his senses, and the first thing I told him was, Son, ain't nobody gonna believe this. Let's just keep this whole thing to ourselves. Hickson and Parker were reluctant to come forward with their story as they both feared the embarrassment that would no doubt accompany the public revelation of what they'd endured. They both agreed, however, that the potential threat manifested by these creatures far outweighed their fear of ridicule. So, following a couple of stiff shots of whiskey to calm Hickson's nerves, it was concluded that the authorities had to be notified. Hickson first telephoned Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi. Uh, The sergeant who took their call informed them that the Air Force Base was no longer investigating UFOs and instructed them to contact the local sheriff. 
Still trying to avoid a direct confrontation with the local authorities, Hickson decided to bring their tale directly to the press. However, the office of the small town paper was closed, so they took it to the sheriff after all. Hmm. It's only about two hours after the experience, and they reach out to the sheriff. Apparently, they were still carrying the catfish that they had caught during their abduction, (laughs) during the abduction, before the abduction. (laughs) They're like, oh, God, I'm so scared. Oh, I got one. (laughs) The, like, robots, like, reeling it in for them. Um, So, Sheriff Fred Diamond and Captain Glenn Ryder uh, conducted an interview with the men, though Sheriff Diamond was extremely doubtful about their story. Um, in particular, because they refused to put the catfish down. Exactly. Would you just look at this catfish? But because he was like, oh, I've been drinking. He's like, okay, you're making this shit up. <laughs> so he and his, this guy, uh, Sheriff Diamond and his associate, Captain Glenn Ryder, secretly taped the fishermen discussing their abduction while they were alone in an interrogation room after the formal interview. Mm -hmm. And Diamond assumed that this, like, secret tape would show that the two were just hoaxers. Mm -hmm. Shocked to discover that in private they seemed even more disturbed than when they were actually talking to the two men. Wow. So they agree to keep silent. They, uh, the two fishermen drag themselves back to work the following morning, both keeping mum about their experience the night before. Co-workers later noted that the men seemed inordinately anxious. Just hours after punching in, Sheriff Diamond telephoned the men at work and broke the news that reporters were coming into his office to uncover more information regarding the abduction. Hickson was super pissed that the sheriff would so quickly break his word, but um, Diamond was now convinced of their story, so he was sort of like, we got to get this out there. Yeah. Both Hickson and Parker shied away from the publicity surrounding the case, But it wasn't long before it was, like, the biggest story around the globe for a time. Yeah. The two men started to get paranoid that they had been exposed to radiation during their encounter. But the local hospital was not equipped to perform the tests they required. They wind up back at Keesler Air Force Base, which had, like, shooed them away days earlier. Mm -hmm. And by this point, they were, like, ready to receive them. So they were examined by several doctors... Following the examination, Parker and Hickson were interviewed by the military intelligence chief of the base. Hickson recalled that the whole base command observed the proceedings, and an Air Force uh, artist made a sketch even of one of the creatures. I can show you that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, geez, a lot of cones taken out of their snowman faces. <laughs> ton of cones. Man, save some cones for the rest of us. Another <laughs> version. Interesting. Kind of look like ghoulish, disgusting Gumby toys. <laughs> yes. Or kind of like the original Gort from The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah, they do look like Gort. Within days, the region was stormed by newsmen, astronomers, and curiosity seekers. Mm. Even Joe Esterhaz, author of cultish, garbagey Hollywood films like Basic Instinct and Showgirls, mm. uh, was one of the reporters on the scene as a representative of Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, Esther Haas concluded that the entire event was a hoax due to the fact that the site of the alleged encounter was within sight of two toll booth operators, neither of whom claimed to have witnessed the incident. Hmm. Of course, by Hickson's own admission, the craft and the creatures only made relatively soft buzzing sounds, which would not have alerted men uh, encased in booths some distance away. Um, it's also not much of a stretch to imagine that beings which are ostensibly able to navigate the universe and counteract the laws of gravity would be just as capable of concealing themselves from prying eyes or even incapacitating unwanted eyewitnesses without them being any of the wiser, says Cryptopia. Uh-huh. 
Strangely enough, confirmation that an unusual craft was flying in the area would eventually come in 2001 when retired Navy Chief Petty Officer Mike Cataldo, after 28 years of silence, revealed that he observed a strange airship at dusk on the same night as the Hicks and Parker encounter. Well, how about that? How do you like that? Uh, According to Cataldo, he was traveling with crewmates Ted Peralta and Mac Hanna on U.S. Route 90 from Pascagoula to Ocean Springs when he spied an object that he described as, quote, a large tambourine with small flashing lights. Not exactly the same (laughs) as what was described originally, but still. It crossed the freeway, then hovered over the tree line before vanishing from their sight. As the men were still trying to process their unusual sighting, the craft made a second, even closer appearance near Ocean Springs. While Cataldo's report does not necessarily substantiate Hickson and Parker's admittedly wild claims, it does confirm that third-party observers, military men no less, saw something bizarre flying in the skies above Pascagoula, argues Cryptopia. I think that is kind of interesting, but it also kind of feels to me like they could be just like, oh yeah, we saw something too. Yeah. Also, former Pascagoula detective Puddin Brodus <laughs> okay. uh, told Captain Ryder that he saw something streak through the air that same night. Um, according to Ryder, Brodus, uh, who has since passed on, was an honest man, not prone to flights of fancy. Quote, Puddin's dead now, but he was a fine man. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe my favorite quote so far on the show. <laughs> he wouldn't make up something like that. <laughs> so, at the height of the... Pro- uh, sort of public fervor surrounding their encounter, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, um, who would uh, in just a few years go on to serve in an advisory capacity on Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind, huh. and was a consultant astronomer to Project Sign, Grudge, and Blue Book. Uh, so he's got some ET chops, as it were, yeah. as much as one can, uh, arrived representing the U.S. Air Force, uh, the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, or APRO, also sent James A. Harder, a UC Berkeley engineering professor, to investigate the Hickson Parker incident. The uh, two researchers combined their efforts and interviewed Hickson and Parker together. Harder attempted to elicit more answers from Hickson by subjecting him to a little uh, regresh sesh. Uh, <laughs> but during the process, Hickson became so terrified that they had to abort the procedure. Hickson would later go under again, quote, I discovered something that still gives me chills. There were people on that spaceship, living beings in another compartment. They never came in there where we were. And I'm telling you, they looked almost like us. Only thing I can figure is that they couldn't live in our atmosphere. So they let the robots come out there and carry us inside. Unquote. Uh, soon, a- uh, soon thereafter, both eyewitnesses took polygraph tests, which they aced. And in the years that followed, they would take many more, passing each in turn. Um, super high scores in their polygraph tests. They, they Yeah. <laughs> 99th percentile. But they still didn't get into college, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> so the polygraph test results combined with the information on the quote-unquote secret tape and the compelling and ch- unchanging manner in which the victims related their tale convinced Harder and Hynek that the two men were telling the truth. Hynek had this to say regarding the case, quote, There was definitely something here that was not terrestrial. This was the first time that I had seen for myself the profound, uh, profoundly disturbing effect of a UFO encounter on two ordinary human beings. It was impossible to be with Charlie and Calvin or listen to that tape and not believe that something terrifying had happened to them. Yeah. Uh, in the months that followed, magazine articles, paperbacks, and even a comic book uh, all hit the newsstands purporting to tell the real story. Hmm. So the men kind of pack up and try to get out of town. But Parker, who was still a teenager at the time, 
uh, was eventually hospitalized for what had been described as an emotional breakdown. Oh, wow. Says Hickson, I've known fear. I fought 20 months hand- in hand-to-hand combat in Korea. The only thing I'm scared of is a snake. I'll run from a snake. But this wasn't normal. This thing really messed Calvin up. He was so young. He just couldn't handle it. So, what happened? We can wager that their story is entirely fabricated. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but let's bite on the idea that they really did experience something, I'd say, uh, which is more fun. Sure. So, um, and a great deal of people believe that as well. So how can we explain what happened through science as best as we can? First and foremost, um, it may have been an extreme case of folly à deux, uh, which is a fancy French term meaning madness of two. Hmm. Uh, basically two people share a delusional or hallucinatory belief. Uh, this is also known as, uh, la sigue flare syndrome. Um, there are several cases on record, but even the most extreme I could find is relatively tame by comparison. So, Hmm. um, the one is Margaret and her husband, Michael, both aged 34 years old, shared similar persecutory delusions, believing that certain persons were entering their house, spreading dust and fluff and wearing down their shoes. Weird. So, I mean... Maybe that's what they were going through as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that works necessarily as far as the specifics of what you perceive to be happening, but I could totally understand well how if one person even got a little bit of it, then you can easily convince each other of the same thing happening it, together. I don't fully accept it myself because it often happens when people are living together in close quarters, isolated for a long time. That would make more sense. Yeah. Whereas um, this is just a couple of guys going fishing. It was like, unless they were there for like <laughs> weeks. fishing, <laughs> Just eating lead lined fish. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such an, ex- like if it was a delusion or a hallucination or something like what an incredible series of events. It's so to complex. Share. Yeah. Yeah. So, who knows? Um, assuming it's not a fabrication, they did see something, what can we grab onto that could be grounded in reality? Well, ball lightning is as close as I could get to for something that could account for a sort of craft. Yeah. If folks aren't familiar with it, unlike lightning strikes, ball lightning instances are much, much rarer. And they're totally bizarre. Very bizarre. They are often described as balls of fire, and um, they can do huge damage. They've been... Uh, blamed for the destruction of buildings, killing many people or many uh, animals all at once in like wow. a big flash. They've been recorded for a long time, though ball lightning itself was, even as recently as the 1960s, considered to be a fabrication that was handled very skeptically by the scientific community. So it's only recently even that we've gone like, oh, that's actually something that happens. Yeah. Still, there's no evidence of a thunderstorm. They only happen really in the conditions you would expect to see for lightning. And there's no evidence that there was a thunderstorm on the night. And the men report seeing the glowing blue craft approach from far away. So it would have been a lot faster, much more faster. Instantaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Ball lightning. It does make sort of a bright orb and it does last for more than a second. So, I mean, like it's a more <laughs> relative to the duration of a lightning strike. It is tectonically slow, but it's yeah. still like maybe a few seconds times. Plus, they see it again after their experience and watch it fly away. Which lightning doesn't tend to then go back where it came from. Right, exactly. Uh, With those things in mind, then how about the gray, elephant-skinned, clamp-handed, floating, robot-like entities? The seemingly mechanical eye-scanning thing? The very bright white room? The fact that not one but two people are apparently entirely convinced they experienced these things? That was all ball lightning. That was all ball lightning. Yeah. (laughs) 
That would be amazing if that is how they described ball lightning. <laughs> These big lobster claw hands that grabbed <laughs> us and put us inside of it. Um, yeah, inside the lightning that they took us back out of the lightning. Um, but yeah, so a weirder what kind of a story. There's sort of not yeah. much you can take a bite out of on it. It just seems to have happened. And yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> it's... Don't fall that asleep on me really now. That was really interesting, Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. No, that's just, it's really, like you said, hard to really give any more input other than saying, huh. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a big huh. So, there you go. Some potpourri for you. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that, Mr. Shell. You're welcome. All right. Well, that was a fun story of not Spring-Heeled Jack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more like no-toes elephant lump. It's <laughs> about as catchy. <laughs> So on to my story in this potpourri episode. It's pretty unrelated to yours, but it's still got some kind of, uh, you know, freaky elements of weird encounters. Something weird. Yeah. And in the interest of being potpourri and being something I'm telling, instead of being one continuous story, it's just a series of little accounts. Uh, So, but they're all... (laughs) Kick kick me right off, my friend. (laughs) Uh, We've talked before on the show about Wendigos. Creatures or spirits from Algonquin folklore known for their intense hunger for human flesh. Mm-hmm. Something you covered over the cold, cold winter this past uh, winter. winter. <laughs> <laughs> they may appear as a possessed, monstrous human being or as just a straight-up monster with human-like qualities. Uh, either way, scary as hell. Mm-hmm. We also briefly and in passing mentioned skinwalkers, beings from Navajo legend who can possess other creatures or else disguise themselves as these creatures possibly by wearing their skin. Now, I have also heard the ghoulish thing, the white creeper or whatever the fuck the we're crawl, calling so, it. Yeah, crawlers, which they're also, have also like been rake. described as skinwalkers. Not skinwalkers. They're, so the idea... They're not, um, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's... I didn't... Misnomer. It took me a little while to realize the naming. It's like, you can't rely on internet forums to name things because the name they came up for it is Fleshgate. Fleshgate. Skinwalker Fleshgate. Oh, come on. Yeah. The idea being there that a skinwalker is a human um, wearing a skin to turn into a creature. Uh, Fleshgate is a creature wearing human skin to impersonate the human. Okay. Um, so it's kind of the inverse of it, but still Flesh really creepy gate. and scary. Yeah, but yeah, it is. Yeah, dumb name for an otherwise cool, creepy creature. Could've, they should have called it a hide stride. Oh, man, that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But as for the skinwalker, so it's the Navajo legend, a lot of the folklore about skinwalkers is unknown because traditional stories are very precious to any culture who has been actively eradicated by encroaching European colonizers. Mm-hmm. Basically, we've just been filling in the blanks from what we, what little we have been told and coloring in the rest likely with any variety of scary story type details. So we don't really know all of exactly what this lore is supposed to entail. We just have some kind of ideas. What we can reasonably be sure of are two things about skinwalkers. Um, Their appearance, which is itself debatable but likely unpleasant. Um, (laughs) Their appearance is not what it seems. And Mm -hmm. they probably have dark motives. In pretty much all stories we know of, they are either tricksters or outright malicious entities. Not exactly uh, opening an orphanage. No. Or, I mean, that's a pretty crafty uh, angle, actually, (laughs) if you're one of those things. It's a suspected thing. Yeah. The following are encounters, mostly by white people, with creatures that defied earthly explanation and seemed to best fit, for lack of any better idea, into the stories we know of regarding both Wendigos and Skinwalkers. Mm. So, I'll begin with the first, which is called 
I think I almost hit a skinwalker. <laughs> These are all Reddit posts, so this is oh, okay. the thread title is. Um, I live in the Midwest in a suburban area. My boyfriend also lives in a suburban area, about 30 to 60 minutes away from me, depending on if I use either the interstate, highway, or city roads. They didn't say exactly where they were, did they? No. They're just, just like, in the Midwest. Oh, I'm in. I'm here. They're also in an urban area, but I won't tell you where. Or suburban, I guess, right? Suburban, yes. I'm sorry. I'm derailing. Earlier today, I went... Hey, Jake, did you ever... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Earlier today, I went to pick up my boyfriend, and we basically hung out and binge-watched a TV show I recently got him into, Broadchurch. So, shout out to Broadchurch, oh, I guess. That's a happy, fun show. <laughs> I have not seen it yet. I've been told good things. I do enjoy me some David Tennant, so I should yeah, check it out sometime. Yeah, it's good. You, uh, you don't really leave the show feeling better. Okay. Great. <laughs> uh, around 11 p.m., he says he should probably go home since he works that morning. I agree and drive him home using the interstate with no problems. We kiss goodbye and then I am on my way out of the neighborhood and towards the street that takes me to the main roads. If I turn right, it's a straight shot to the highway. If I turn left, I can take it down to the country road for a bit of a late night drive. <laughs> I decided to take the ladder. It was oh, nice yeah. out, so I had my windows rolled down and my music uh, and my music up. I must have my music rolled up. <laughs> um, just letting the breeze come in. It was pretty windy, so my car was swerving a little from the wind, and you couldn't see the stars or anything because the clouds were taking over the sky, building up a storm. I thought about switching on my high beams to see better, but the road was really curvy and had a lot of hills. I was afraid I'd accidentally blind someone coming from the opposite direction. Okay. So unless the high beams in her car could only be turned on and never turned off, I, I was call like, this person a rookie rural driver. Yeah, exactly. RRD. Uh, on that note, actually, um, pretty much everyone I've encountered while driving um, in Cape Cod had just no idea about high beams etiquette. Oh, so I assume yeah. they were all from the city and had never driven somewhere that wasn't continuously lit by streetlights. Like, Keep the high beams on forever. Yeah, so just like totally blinding. So if this person lives just in the suburbs, I could see them not understanding how to use high beams correctly and be like, oh, I shouldn't turn them on. I'll blind someone. It's like, I suppose. You see, you'll see their lights coming. You just flick them you off. You just turn them off. You just have a quick little flick of your just finger like, and it's off. Oops, it's off. Oh, it's back on. Yeah, exactly. So, also, with those fucking LED lights nowadays, man. Oh, yeah. my God. Headlights are so bright. They are. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what happened next made me glad I didn't turn them on, the high beams. On the left was a... <laughs> I wish that was the sentence structure. On them on. The Period. high beams? The high beams. <laughs> <laughs> on the left was a small patch of woods and overgrowth. To my right were wide open, empty fields, and in front of me was a hill. Mm -hmm. Toward the crest of the hill, I saw something beginning to cross the road. Something large and dark with what looked like antlers on its head. Hmm. I thought maybe at first it was a deer or even an elk, and I slowed down. But when I got closer, I realized something was wrong. It was moving very slow, like mm -hmm. it was hurt or something, and didn't even glance at me. It just kept moving towards the patch of trees to my left, which I thought seemed weird. Hmm. I felt like it should have at least acknowledged the sound of my vehicle. The second thing was that this thing, this animal that I presumed was a deer or elk, couldn't have been. It was at least the size <laughs> of a moose. But that couldn't be right because where I'm from, there are no moose. We had deer and maybe some elk, but not moose. So let me get the street. She had deer or elk. But not moose. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, elk are still huge for the record and not dissimilar in size from moose. I mean, moose are still yeah, more no, massive. Exactly. But Though they do like uh, bodies of water, so maybe she's in kind of a landlocked area. Yeah. I mean, the Midwest is, if you're fur the further south you get, the further you get from the Great Lakes, the mm -hmm. more just solidly away from moose territory and landlocked you get. Right. So it'll be in like the kind of Great Plains area. Right. I felt a cold wave of dread wash over me as I watched <laughs> this moose thing make its way across the road. Oh, it's a and moose now. Huh? <laughs> and then it stopped and looked right at me. 
Oh, shit. It twisted its head so fast to look at me, I almost screamed. It's fish. Thank you for miming again on the podcast. So helpful. It's I try. I try. Its face was hideous. It looked rotten somehow. Like it was withering away, and its eyes were so dark, I was scared it didn't have any eyes. There was blood dripping from where its mouth was, and I could see sharp teeth poking out from its lips as they pulled back into a sneer. I thought about reversing my car and hightailing it out of there, but I was frozen. I don't know how long I sat there, staring at that thing with, uh, with the thing staring back at me. But when it started toward my car, I honestly thought I was going to die. I couldn't move, I couldn't blink, could barely even breathe. All I could do was hope and pray that I wouldn't be killed by some freakish moose-looking monster. <laughs> and then a pair of lights began to rise over the hill toward us, and as the other vehicle's high beams shone on the thing... See, that person wasn't afraid to use high beams. They weren't afraid to use high beams. Uh, shone on the thing in the road, it let out this blood-curdling scream that didn't sound entirely of this world. Hey! <laughs> 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 Uh, it was guttural and animalistic and sort of raspy. It's hard. To, <laughs> we hard nailed to, it. <laughs> we did. Uh, it's hard to explain, uh, but easy to impersonate. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just explained it. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched as that thing got on its hind legs and lurched itself across the road into the thicket of trees and bushes, narrowly missing the other person. Mm. I knew that thing would probably come back out if I stayed where I was. So before I could give it a chance, I slammed on my gas pedal and gunned it out of there going well over the posted speed limit. I just wanted to get as far away <laughs> from it as possible. Each dark curve or patch of trees or field made me so paranoid that I could would see the creature again, and all I wanted to do was go home and never for the life of me drive on that godforsaken country road again. I made it home safe but shaken. My family thought I was being hysterical and had just seen a deer, but I know what I saw, and that thing was, wasn't a deer. Uh, <laughs> it couldn't have been. It was much more like a moose. <laughs> <laughs> I've read up on skinwalkers, but I'm not sure if that's what I saw. I mean, do they even exist out of, out in the Midwest? I thought it was more in the Arizona, New Mexico area. Why would a skinwalker be here? Why would it come after me? Was it even a skinwalker or was it something else entirely? Was it my mind just playing tricks on me? Huh. What was that thing? Please, if anyone knows what it was or, or has any idea what it was, please tell me. I'm so scared I'm going to come across this thing again. I, and I don't know if I'll be, um, I don't know if next time I'll be as lucky. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So someone freaked out by something they saw, not knowing what it was. Um, it does, in some ways, match kind of the description of a Wendigo and yeah, some of does. the different versions it of does, Wendigos we heard, like, with the kind of antler type things, vaguely humanoid, monsterish qualities. Yeah, very um, much so. The idea of a blood dripping from its mouth, dark sunken eyes, and then rearing up, getting up on its hind legs and lurching across the road the right, rest of the way. Right. Which is pretty frightening. I <laughs> mean, yeah, suffice it to say, if I saw that, I would be. Uh, institutionalized probably <laughs> they would like come and get you immediately from wherever you were they just know like oh we need to take this guy away oh yeah exactly van just rolls up <laughs> all right buddy come on what you see it too yeah but <laughs> yeah exactly we're not as terrified as you though you're you're going nuts <laughs> so that's the first little tale here's another one my personal <laughs> experience with a skinwalker maybe i don't want another one <laughs> no just kidding you're getting one and you're gonna like it i am gonna like it my personal experience with a skinwalker. I used to work at a local coal mining company on a Navajo reservation as an operator for a coal hauling crew. It goes on to describe like these gigantic truck things they drive that like you have to use like, a staircase or ladder or something to get up and out of them. And, oh, cool. Like super um, uh, pick like pickup trucks. Oh, my God. Like a uh, truck maybe type thing. Like, yeah. Some kind of just large it, involved in the coal mining industry. I don't really know how what it is but there's a long description of it it sounds like one of those super over. huge dump trucks <laughs> they're very cool a, maybe one of those like you know 
super um like huge dump trucks maybe i don't know <laughs> it's but, not an elk or a deer though for no. <laughs> sure we don't have dump trucks of that size around here <laughs> i remember that i was working the night shift we started around 11 p.m before we started the shift we were required to do a pre-start inspection on our equipment I walked around my truck and I went to the rear of the truck and lowered the stairs that gave me access to the engine bay i walked up the stairs and started my inspection and i found a pretty bad coolant leak on the truck I climbed back down and went into the cab and called my haulage supervisor. He answered and asked if I can drive the truck back to the main shop for repairs. God damn it. It's hard to turn the page. Use your other hand. I'm holding my microphone, damn you. Put the microphone in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> now who's miming? <laughs> so I left the ready line and drove... Uh, the six to eight miles back to the shop and I called the shop maintenance supervisor. He instructed me to drive around the back side of the shop and park the truck there. Where the skinwalker would work on it. Yes. Uh, I drove around the shop, parked the truck, and waited to see, uh, wanted to see how much coolant I had left. I climbed back down from the cab, walked around to the back side of the truck, and lowered the stairs. I checked the coolant level and I had significant loss of coolant. I called my supervisor over the radio and asked him to pick no me up. No chill, bro. No chill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As I started to walk away from the truck and towards the shop, I saw it. It was big, like a bull mastiff. It walked weird. Patches of tan fur missing, blotches of blackened skin, and its head was big. The head was as large as a pumpkin, and it bobbled like it was unbalanced. Ugh. It had an unnatural look, nothing like I've ever seen. The thing walked on all fours and about four to five feet tall. It was about 100 feet away, and it was walking toward me. My first instinct was that it was a sick dog, mange-infested and malnourished. It continued to walk toward me, and I thought uh, this sucker might be sick and have rabies. I took out my flashlight and shined the light at it, yelling at it to stay away. Mm-hmm. It continued to walk towards me. Oh, boy. It was then that I noticed that it wasn't alive. Its eyes did not what? give off a reflection. Its eyes were black and solid. It wasn't natural. I reached for my pocket knife and yelled at it to stop, and I drew up my knife. It stopped. By then, it was about 20 feet away. I was still walking towards the shop, and it uh, was parallel to me all the way to the shop. I never looked away. I thought it would attack me. By the time I got back to the shop door entrance, it started to walk away towards the east. I went inside and got the shop supervisor, and we both came out. It wasn't about a minute later, and it was gone. We walked to the east, and my supervisor just drove up. Now, there's only one way into the back side of the shop, and my supervisor should have seen it, but he didn't. My supervisor said that I had seen a skinwalker, and that it usually was seen around the shop. The what? Rest, the rest of the shift, I stayed with my supervisor. I think he was scared. It was an experience that I wouldn't forget. Damn. The um, Usually the seen was, around the shop. Yeah, <laughs> supervisor believed in the idea. Like, he already believed in skinwalkers, and after hearing the description, he's like, oh, that's something that people have seen around here. That's a skinwalker. That's what that is. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um this being Reddit, there are comments and stuff. So someone was asking, um, but was it an animal? So the same original poster said, that's the million dollar question. Every fiber of my being would say, I don't know. Everyone I spoke to would say that I've seen a skinwalker. I can still see it vividly in my mind. It didn't move naturally and its body didn't look normal. When I mean naturally and normal, I mean that in regards to, say, a dog. I've had many dogs growing up. I know how they behave and their posture. The thing I saw moved like it struggled with each step. Its tail stuck out. Its head moved like it was a bobblehead doll. Ugh. Its eyes were solid black. It didn't reflect any light. When I take my dog out at night, I see his eyes reflect light from oncoming cars. What I saw that night led me to think that what I was watching wasn't natural. Its fur was blotchy and matted over and parts were bare. No fur at all. 
Where there was no hair, it was black and looked leathery. Its head was huge and disproportionate to its body. It was as big as a large pumpkin, and its snout was pushed in like a pug. If it stood on its hind legs, it would be easily over six feet tall, and just standing on its forelegs, it was about four feet tall. Ugh. It was big, and I can't say without a doubt that it was an animal with 100% certainty. Mm-hmm. So, very unsure what he saw. Very freaked out by what he saw. Wasn't quite right. Oh, indeed. Oh, so, my gosh. So, I've got one more account that kind Please, of falls along I'm, these lines. I'm excited to hear it. Skinwalker, Wendigo, what the fuck did I see? It begins, thusly, this just happened mere seconds ago. So I'm a 22-year-old female of sound mind living in Oklahoma. I have a job and I have never had anything that could be considered a mental episode. I live in Tulsa in a house with four roommates, all men. I think of them as brothers and we never really worry about anything like intruders, etc. And always have our three back doors unlocked. The backyard is large, though it's a pretty urban area. It snowed a few days ago and there is some, still some snow on the ground and it's freezing. But no smoking in the house, so I pull on my jacket and throw on some slippers. I grumble to my roommates about having to go outside to smoke alone, but trudge out our back doors anyway. I usually bring my phone or another person, but this time I didn't. <laughs> you gotta find a better system for this. It's called two hands. Listen, Wyatt. Fuck you. That's right. That's right. You know I'm right. <laughs> I was playing. Go on. Go on with your story. <laughs> I've been bringing people because I've been hearing strange noises. I'm not the only one either. My other roommates have heard them as well. Sounds that resonate in our backyard but seem to have no origin. They sort of sound like chimes. Hmm. The fence surrounding our yard is wood until about halfway up and then the chain link starts. So it's about 1230 a.m. and I'm on the porch smoking when something catches my eye. Oh There's a cat that wanders around and tries to sneak in from time to time. And I noticed that this thing that caught my eye is close to the ground and wiggling. I assume it's the cat. I took I look around for something to shoo the cat away. Finding nothing, I just resort to building a snowball and I throw it. A small one, nothing too big. I don't want to hurt it. I just want it to go on. <laughs> so I throw the snowball and it hits it. It immediately explodes into just a pile of blood. <laughs> uh, um, I throw the snowball and it hits it. It was then that I realized how big this thing was. What? As soon as the ball hits it, my entire body filled with an overwhelming fear. One that I cannot explain. I was frozen. Again, this person being just totally just frozen with fear at seeing Terrified, this thing. Terrified, yeah. Uh, I watched as this thing slowly stood up from the crouch that it was in. It looked like a man, but gross. Its knees bent the wrong way, and it had gross, sagging skin. It was unbelievably tall. Its arms were twice as long as a person's. Its face was distorted, oh. crinkled with the same wrinkles that creased its body. It looked at me, and I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. With an inhuman speed, it took off towards the back of my yard and it was gone. My feet started moving again, and cigarettes still in hand, I crashed through the doors into my house. Oof. I screamed at my roommates to lock the doors and try to calm down. I can't get the image of this thing out of my mind. I can't calm myself. They keep telling me I'm tripping and it can't be real, but it's Christmas time. I'm not on any drugs and I know what I saw. <laughs> I never do drugs around Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want this. I'm terrified. What do I do? What did I see? God damn. And they updated the post uh, that same night, 1.43 a.m. I forced my roommate to go outside with me, and there are prints in the snow. While I can't confirm that they are the creatures, they appear too large to be that of Tyler's or my own. Um, my cat won't go anywhere near any of the doors, and when we go outside, we heard what sounded like a cat, but it was weird. It had an almost garbled undertone. The leaves were moving as well. I'm terrified. Ooh, it sounded bleep. kind of like... <laughs> Uh, another update of the post. Um, this is just the, you know, the following morning. She posted again. It was just a bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I woke up 
everything's cool. Ooh, I can't believe I posted it in my sleep. Yeah. Last night was the toughest night I've had in a long time. None of my roommates believe me, save for the one who has also seen a skinwalker. All night long, there was a very That's strange... very tap- fortunate. Yeah. I think, again, it's like, it comes down to someone seeing a weird thing, and then someone else saying, oh, I've seen this before. It's a skinwalker. You're all agreeing so, on different experiences. Yeah. Being a- and again, it's also what I said to, from the start, too. As as white people, we don't really know what a skinwalker is supposed to even be like. So right. we just say, okay, this sounds like what we think the stories are. So, again, just attributing stuff to one possible... Boogeyman. Yeah. All night long, there was very strange tapping and scratching sounds coming from the attic. I couldn't get more than 45 minutes of sleep at a time. So at the other point, you're just kind of spooked and ready to like hear anything being yeah. weird. Kind of like the woman who saw that, that when the first time we talked about crawlers, we saw the thing in Big Bear, California. And yeah. after it bolted away from her and uh, it was staring her down and, and then it ran off and climbed up a tree and was That's hopping right. from That's tree right. to tree. After that, she kept thinking she heard stuff coming from like, like outside of her window and stuff and... <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah, again, once you get that freaked out by something, every little thing is going to trigger you after that. I, I have to say again, I would be in a padded room <laughs> with lights on. It's funny because as I'm reading these stories, I keep thinking how horrible it would be. But if I knew that I would come out okay, totally want to see one of these oh, things. Oh, it would like be a, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm just really, saying, it, yeah. it's sort of like the spider factor. If I'm ready to see a spider, I'm all about it. But if it suddenly is just there like on my chest after I wake up and I'm like, <laughs> there's a big spider on my chest. I'll be scared. <laughs> I'll be startled. Hey, Spider, you're scaring me, man. You're scaring me, dude. You're harshing my uh, my sleep. <laughs> harshing my sleep. I like to have my sleep harshed. That's right. Uh, <laughs> finally, I have a short video of what someone thought might be a skinwalker. What? Someone said, like, what is this thing? So the caption says, speaking of skinwalkers, I've got this video to share with you guys. Tell me what it is we're looking at exactly. So this is, I found this particular video linked from the reddit threads i was looking at i see um, i can't tell the original source actually so before is. we even start it we're in like a desertish kind of canyon yes scene seems to be some kind Zoom of like in. something on the rocks sort of a brown animal shape sort it's of just, it's kind of there it's looking, sort of it's a, hard to make out shape and it's um looks crouched kind of over zooming in. yep it's like crouched low to the rocks person zooms back right. out again and uh Oh, oh my, what Darts up over the rocks. Wait, what? And the way it's moving is really kind of weird. Look it dog-like. Again. Looks dog-like, but not quite right for a dog type of thing. Wait, so can I see around. that again? Yes, so let's uh It looks like it look stood up on this. two legs and then back down down four. So let's watch but again. But I'm primed so, like a motherfucker right exactly. now. Exactly, after seeing all this skinwalker stuff. So there it is zoomed way in. It's, again, it's a shape that's really hard to sort of make out what it might be. And it's just kind of there on all fours. Yep. Close to the ground. It zooms back out again. Shaking around. And then it just kind of... Oh, no. It definitely runs away on all fours, I guess. It runs away on all fours. But the movements seem Mm. like a little... Once you're ready for it to be something kind of... uh, Strange. Strange. Then it seems pretty strange. Right. Keeps on going. So he's zooming around. He's trying to like find what he can of it again. It ran down over a ridge. Yep. And I think... That might be that. Yeah. If they just did like a jump scare right now, yeah, oops, just, is a bash computer. So it's a weird looking creature somewhere in a desertish place that could be skinwalker territory. 
in that case, it seems like the most likely explanation is some kind of Black Panther type of thing. Yeah, totally. To be, so, cause it, it looks like you, when you're expecting for the kind of animals that are normally in there, you expect something like you said, canid, like a coyote right, kind of thing or right. something. But it's and very dark brown. It's dark colored and it's not moving at all right for that kind of animal. Yeah. It's like, well, what the hell is that? Right. But for a kind of cat type of thing, it makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not out of the realm of possibility for, you know, Black Panthers to make it into the Southern United States. So probably something like that. Mm. But uh, as for the other sightings and stuff people have seen, like it's just really hard to really place what the hell that is. Yeah, it is. It's tricky, and it's it's tough too to know. I always uh, wonder whether they are actually have they seen something, and they really are trying to give like an honest account, or is this just the best fabrication a person can come up with? Yeah, and like if I literally had just seen something like that, I don't know that the first thing I think to do is post online about it. Yeah, and it's interesting too because there's there's so many different aspects to what goes into these communities on reddit like they they all insist that you know you have to like they have like the tag for serious like don't make shit up don't joke around yeah right don't false flag us on shit and yeah and so then they will kind of try and monitor what seems like it is or isn't fake right and then for the specific types of forums they are like there's no it's less common for people to try and fuck around because like there's no real gain for having done so other than just Mm. to kind of troll on some people you don't know for no reason mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. it just annoys some people who have a specific common interest so it doesn't make a lot of sense so it's often a case where these are small communities of people who are really interested and passionate about these particular topics and trying to learn more about them they also already are ready to believe certain stories and stuff it, too yeah i guess i just wonder about the creepy pasta factor yeah where a person's like trying to do the ultimate and like yeah, but it's, a, it's often a deal where instead of like trying to scare people like the you know, could be positive, it's trying to get, often trying to get explanations, even trying to get peace of mind where you'll right. see people chiming in on anything. Oh, you know, it might be this or it might be this. And the person be like, oh, thank God, that's, that makes more sense. Like, I'd rather right. it be that instead of what I thought I saw. Right. True. Um, true. So the community aspect of it is kind of kind of interesting in that I, way. I do wish that last um, poster had taken a picture of the tracks they found. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big complaint people had in the in the thread was saying like oh why did you take any pictures it's like well i was still really freaked out like i was like, <laughs> it's, it's the middle of the night and the snow and like they were walking around looking and stuff and so right. it would have been cool to see the track i guess that's um, maybe something that's more instinctive for yourself myself and others online of just like i want to doc if like, something is weirding me out i want to start documenting it right away yes yeah i think um my natural instinct would be like okay now that i now that, that happened i'm gonna take my camera and go like get some video and photo and stuff whatever i Hell can yeah. i wasn't right. ready because th- we talked about how we wish when people see say the phantom of the chicago and stuff that they'd have <laughs> right. a photo and video but i'm thinking about like i was you know over this weekend i was like just walking around i had my camera i mean my phone on me at all times true could have taken some pictures of different cool animals and stuff i saw that I, like i easily wanted to like record but I didn't think of it fast enough, and then the moment was gone. So that's true. If you're experiencing something truly frightening, yeah, you it's might not be, just be as simple stunned. as that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely fair, and especially if you're feeling like, do I have to like fight or flight right now? Exactly. Like, you know, I know. So it's, it's it becomes complicated in terms of like, oh, well, you should have gotten you should have gotten some footage of that. Like, what are you doing? Right. right. Um, as far as the stories in general, like I think there's a lot of it where people. The forums seem to be comprised of... There's a whole Skinwalker forum, too, that I didn't get a lot of... Like Some of these stories are people posting in multiple different categories to try and see what kind of feedback they can get. Just like, I want answers. Someone help me. One of you can help me, right? Right. So I got different different um, stories from different places. And the Skinwalker subreddit is really all like totally on board. Like, yes, we know what Skinwalkers are. Yes, this is what we're looking for. We've seen them before. 
whether or not these people are all actually Navajo or not, I don't know. I mean, just briefly looking through screen names and stuff, I didn't like click on every single person and read about who they are. Right. But um, in the other forms of, you know, the humanoid encounters or the different types of other subreddits that talk about this stuff, um, it seems to be largely just kind of white people being scared by something they saw. So <laughs> the idea of like, are skinwalkers real? It's one of their no, yeah. professions. <laughs> yeah. So are skinwalkers real? I mean, it's most legends, probably not, but in terms of um are the things they're seeing like what is it they're seeing it's i have actually another cool account th- yeah for another time true. that's kind of fits more into the crawler kind of category I'm into it. do you have it right I, now oh it's for another it's, time yeah for another I mean, it's it's we're getting kind of long at this point so yeah, I can right, it for another right. time and it doesn't quite fit the same sort of description as these other creatures in yeah. this particular set all right but again a deal with people seeing these weird not quite right things crawling around and right right and it seems and yeah trying to assign some kind of labeled to it to make some more sense of it even if it still is inhuman and horrible so mm. like saying oh is this was this a crawler was this a flesh gate was <laughs> it a skinwalker was right. it a, yeah. reduce the number of uh right kind of like last week when we were talking exactly. about the, uh, the exactly. moss man and the number of different things that it could be and it's like oh right. maybe it's just a skunk ape it's like well that's still not, not uh, <laughs> founded not really solving the problem right. it's just <laughs> giving it just kind of <laughs> dumping the problem off onto the shoulders of a different problem right <laughs> So I don't know what these people all saw. I think they probably all saw something different. Right, I agree. What that thing was, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was like a really unhealthy moose. <laughs> maybe it well, was a um, like a some kind of dog with mange. Like it's hard to say for each of these different people what it was, but whatever it was was obviously terrifying. And, and yeah, I mean, it makes me think of a time I was. It's funny enough, I hadn't thought of this till just now. But driving around with a friend of mine when I was in high school, I want to say, and his parents were driving. And his dad and I, his dad was driving and I was sitting in the back with him. We saw both on the road up ahead, the shadow of what looked like an elongated weird dog. Hmm. And we both commented on it. It was on the road up ahead. We didn't actually see the creature. We just saw the shadow. And then when we got around the bend, it was gone. But we both were like, that looked weird, right? Hmm. Yeah, it did. You know, it was kind of that thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm basically positive it was a dog or maybe a deer, but it was funny. Giant dachshund. Yeah, you know, but it it was a funny kind of thing where we were both like... That was kind of weird, right? That was kind of weird. Yeah, exactly. Um, So just like you're saying, I wonder how much this isn't just... Assuming these were things that these people experienced and not made up stories, how much they're just like, oh, I was just already primed. Because, I mean, a lot of them sound like they were already creeped out to begin with. Yeah. They go into it a little spooked. Like the guy working in the coal mining operation, he said, like saying he wasn't scared or in shock afterwards, but he was still like confused by what it was and thought it was pretty creepy looking. His is like objectively the strangest sounding of them all, too. Yeah, it's like just kind of approaching him. He has like a full view. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, oh, oh, that's not, that doesn't look right at all. There's (laughs) such like strange details, too. That's why I like these particular stories because they're, and there are a lot of neat accounts like, oh, it's pretty creepy, but the ones that have the standout features that make them just seem a little too specific to be totally fabricated out of the blue because mm. they're not they're i mean little details that are kind of mundane but still make it even like more creepy for making it seem that much more real right and it seemed that much harder to fabricate for right these kind of communities don't like if you're a truly good author of this kind of stuff you're not going to just go around trolling people you're going to use that talent for something more more useful um, what would, what would in, think in all likelihood like yeah the, Odds are, if you're that good at making up a scary story, you're going to do it someplace that it'll actually make sense to do it, not just freak out a small number of people who are looking for 
true stories, but instead of trying to like, you know, scare a large audience who's looking for that. Yeah. So it seems like these are genuine tales of what people think they saw and experienced. But what it is, we can't really say. Nope. Indeed. And, and I do suspect we'll be revisiting this again in the future because oh, a yeah. lot of these cool, creepy stories. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So maybe it'll be another, you know, potpourri episode where we just have no <laughs> mm-hmm. specific theme for the week. Or maybe mm-hmm. we'll find a theme that it'll fit into. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find it out. Whatever the case, we hope you'll join us when that happens. Yes, indeed. And Thank we, you guys so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll catch up with you next week. Yeah, please do. Hit us with your stories if you have them. Uh, yeah, right. Hit us with Reach your uh, whoopie pie recipes if you have those too. <laughs> exactly. And your five-star reviews if you have those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything you want to do. But and uh, we'll catch you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.